to Verdant North Season 2, babies. The podcast North is in the nation having garden conversations over lavender libations. Dan is talking about the trees. Caroline is thinking about her seeds. And I've got the diabetes. This is Verdant North. Here's your host, Caroline Hallstrom. Hi. Hello, everybody. Yay. It's another season of Verdant North. I'm so excited that this project has got over a thousand listens so far. So thank you so much to everybody who listens to us tell really bad jokes and give pretty good advice. I like that. Uh, so a few a few updates uh, in our world. I want to start. I want to start with you, Randy. You have Uh-oh. you have a couple of new things in your life. Yeah, uh, right now I like a week about two weeks now. It'll be a week and a half. I get whatever. Who cares? Uh, I got my insulin pump. I am a type one diabetic. If I you do don't hear me complain all the time on uh, on line here, or, Ow, my sugar. Oh no, I got diabetes. <laughs> is what you hear from my mouth a lot. Uh, but I got my uh, tandem. Uh, T-Slim 2 insulin pump, which reads with my uh, continuous glucose monitor thing, so I'm kind of becoming a little cyborg person, which is fun it's to think rad. about. I mean, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm like, it's kind of the medically people with dis- disabilities are now the new transhumans between the Whoa. people with robot hands and <laughs> my, my now machine operated insulin pump. So it's pretty fun. You're fakrious. I know. <laughs> I know. Mm. You're not going to assimilate us, are you? Uh, not yet, but I I do have some good uh, documentation on the collection if you guys want to be a part of it at some point. <laughs> Just saying. So dumb. Okay, I have been watching Star Trek Voyager through because I think Jesse needs a proper education. <laughs> uh, and he's really patient about it. So it's been pretty cool. But all right. Sweet. Hey, congratulations on a robo pancreas. Yeah. And speaking of Star Trek, uh, if you don't follow uh, Riker Googles, that is my f- pretty much my favorite Twitter account right now is uh, it, it has the character Riker Googling stuff. It's just <laughs> yeah, I think the last one that made me laugh really hard was uh can duplicators make lady Doritos? <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're replicators now. Oh, replicator, sorry. That's my own. Oh, no. I Me get something wrong, that's not going to happen ever. Well, tell us. All right, so also for those of you who have listened before, uh, Randy has this awesome... Uh, this awesome responsibility of taking in foster dogs one at a time. Oh, yeah. No, we have our seventh foster dog here. His name is Jax, and he's the cutest pity boy you've ever seen. He's a big sweetheart. Oh Honestly. He's beautiful. One of the easiest dogs we've ever taken care of in our whole lives. Um, he's also wearing a very handsome sweater. Yep. It, he has a nice red dapper sweater because he gets real chilly due to his uh, thin fur line. But uh, he is a big sweetheart, honestly. He like, is, he's so cute. I'm in love with this dog. So I have my dog, Lana, who's like one year old, and she's got this super sweet disposition. And the second I walk in the door, Mr. Jax here looks at me with this same kind of sweetheart, doe eyes, <laughs> and just wants, you know, pets and kisses. He's so sweet. And he's this beautiful, like, fawn shades of brindle. Yeah, just the gray. Like he has kind of grayer eyes and the yellow eyes almost. Pastel brindle with light eyes. It's yeah, beautiful. No, he's like a painting. Little white feeties. His (laughs) little white feet. Oh, he's so cute. 
Oh, yeah. He's a big baby. I'm going to miss him when he's gone. We've had like two really good dogs. He's our second really good foster. We had uh, Mr. Eyebrows. Uh, that Xander. Like a fun dog. That dog. Z- Xander was such a cute, weird little weirdo guy. He was so fun and sweet, though. Dan, I think that dog was your spirit animal. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Eyebrows. Yeah, he. Uh, we. He had think- the same beard cut as you. <laughs> yeah, and he was all wiry hair, so we think he's a wire hair. Uh, I can't think of it right now. Terrier. Uh, not terrier. Uh, dash. Uh, d- dash out. Or uh, Dachshund. Dachshund. Uh, that's, I always see the word dash hound, and I'm like, that's not it. It's Dachshund. Uh, he's a wired-haired Dachshund. They exist, we think. That's the strongest probability, because he had long wiener dog body. But he has about 30 pounds, so he's heavy-duty Dachshund size. Yeah, kind of like a small Basset. Yeah, like be a Basset and one of those ta- one of those Dachshunds mixed together, almost. Welcome to Verdant North, the podcast where we talk about dogs. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I really I'm I'm now a dog person, okay? I mean like, yeah, I've always been a cat person and I am still a cat person, but I get it. Dogs are so rad. Dogs are great. They're they're also a pain in the butt, but they're they're pretty great. So a lot of rewarding uh, stuff that comes from, especially fostering. If you have the ability to foster, please uh, lend your home out for a dog for a while. Sometimes it could take up to a month, but at least you know you're giving back and you're getting dogs off the streets and out of kill shelters, things like that. You know what? I think we should stick pictures of your current fosters on our social media platforms yeah. so that people can see them. So you need to send me a picture. He's got a couple applications already but uh who knows you never know that doesn't mean we can't all fall in love and go oh my gosh he's he's an angel pup but anyways that's enough about me (laughs) let's talk about you guys how's Uh, it going it's going good i've been um working through the master gardener program for hennepin county and so i had to do this thing called the core course and dan has done it before yeah it's no joke it's it's not it's, a joke. It is a not lot funny. Of knowledge in there. There's a lot of knowledge, and it's dry, and it's not funny. Yeah, it's, it's no joke. It's, it's, it's <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this court course. I wanted I wanted to do this because it's kind of it's like it's like this grown up plants fraternity. Yeah, which it's is kind of fun. It's weird to have homework as a grown up, isn't it? It is, but I firmly believe continuing. To learn and learning how to continually learn mm. is really good for your brain. Yeah, I, I think I think you're onto something there. Yeah, but then again, I'm the kind of nerd who's like researching aquaponics and trying to figure out how to convert my swimming pool in the backyard. And my husband's like, "No, fish no, <laughs> you cannot have a big stanky ass fish pond in the backyard. We live in the city." And I'm like, "But tilapia, come on." And he's not into it. Um, <laughs> it kills a huge spot in the yard. <laughs> it looks really bad. It's yeah. a cool. It's such a, a neat idea, though. We should have an uh, an aquaponics episode. Should we? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we have talked to um, online listeners. You have not heard of this guy yet, uh, unless you already listened to him. You maybe do, but his name is Kevin at, at Epic Gardening, and hopefully we'll be recording with him pretty soon, and I know he knows a ton about aquaponics. Ooh. Yeah, because he just did an episode um, on the on the Ledge podcast, which is about houseplants out of the UK, where he just <laughs> talked about aquaponics, and I was like... A great name. 
Whoa. On the ledge. <laughs> yeah, she wanted she wanted to call it. Uh, that keep, cracks me up. It's good. Well, cause <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to call it "Keep the Aspidistrus Flying," but uh, <laughs> I had to look up what an aspidistrus was. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's just a house plant. It's just a leafy, oh, okay. leafy green guy. But I was like, oh my gosh, two podcasts I listened to and they fell on each other and and. I, <laughs> And I recognize them. And we missed the boat. Damn it. No. Oh, <laughs> we got a thousand listens. Hey, thanks, just, everybody. We got a thousand <laughs> listens. We'll keep saying that. Thank we got you. listened to. Your fault, Remember not ours. Remember that one time you heard about the thing? The good thing? The ledge. <laughs> Topless grandmas? Come on, guys. That was pretty much oh, our calling right. card. Is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was it was it's been a good program working through the master gardener program it's been really good i'm trying to backfill some of my horticultural knowledge especially when it comes to trees and shrubs mm-hmm. so that's where because i've i haven't been a homeowner for a very long time so almost everything i've done up until now has been an herbaceous perennial or a vegetable yeah. because i'm only going to be there for a couple years or maybe only even a year I remember the last place, um, the last place I lived, I had totes with veggies in it. And before that, I made a little like concrete brick garden and then abandoned it when I moved out because I had a crazy neighbor. I was like, run away. It's not worth it. And so whoever moved in after me got some wickedly good tomatoes. And I, I, I don't know. That's a bummer. But yeah. Putting, yeah. putting good karma out into the world. <laughs> At least good tomatoes. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm finishing that up, and um, I I'm done with all of the tests and stuff. So oh, nice. They test you to be like, hey, do you know what you're talking about? This is all science based. We have to have proof and evidence, and do everything yeah. as safe as possible. And I'm like, oh, this is really serious. Yeah. Okay. So. I feel really. I feel a lot more confident about experts telling me how to use. All of the tools. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the neatest parts about the program because no one can keep all the knowledge of plants in their head. No. There's just a universe of information, but. Right. And we all have short attention spans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And goldfish memories, some of us. No, I'm proud of it. Plus, like, you make all these friends of all different ages who want to give you plants out of of, uh, your yard and their yard and whatever. Yeah. So I'm excited. Hi, mentor. I don't know if she's listening. I told her we get sassy and we drink, so I'm not sure. Because <laughs> it's true. That's true. It's true. Dan, tell us about yourself real quick. We've rambled on oh, too long. I have. Um, I just got back into town. I went to Kansas City this past week mm. for work, um, which was nice. It was 50 degrees. Did you, go to the, did you go to the World War One? The museum, no. I was staying in a hotel downtown. I don't have a car, so I just kind of like bum around. You're such a bum. I yeah, I was definitely a bum. I was very, I was a very boring uh, visitor. But was it do not Uber or Lyft in that city yet? Uh, <laughs> they certainly do, but you're like, like nah. This kind of pathetic. <laughs> I, I stayed in my hotel room and I knit most of the uh, most of the week. You knit. Oh, hell oh yeah, my I god, did. welcome to Verda North, the knitting podcast <laughs> where Dan and I complain about Lion Brand yarns. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But if you are a knitter, you know why. You know why. I don't know about Lion Brand yarns. That homespun that gets all tangled up in your hands. Oh. 
Dang. No, I I haven't knit or crocheted in a really long time. Really? Yeah. No. I'd... I'm uh I'm finishing a sweater actually. Jesus, that takes forever. <laughs> yeah. You does. are so. I don't know if you're rad or boring. I can't tell. Yeah. Probably the latter, but. Uh, <laughs> a, little yeah. from, a little from column A. A lot from column B. A lot from column B. Yeah. <laughs> I've only ever done scarves because it's basically a stretch square. Um, anyways, <laughs> moving, we're going to bring this back yeah. to plants. We're yeah. moving right along. So Nikki's not with us this week, but Dan had a delightful concoction that, mm-hmm. that, uh, you brought to share with us. Can you tell us I about did. this beverage? Yeah. So this is a recipe I found out of imbibe magazine, which, um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, but it is a, um, magazine and concept. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now is imbibing, but. So the main, the base of this drink is a lavender infused gin or vodka. Um, so it's, mm. it has kind of this flowery, delicious taste. It's kind of like novel. Nah, well, really it's know. almost herbally mm-hmm. in its lavender. Mm-hmm. It's a good botanical yeah. Yeah. note. I like it a lot. And then it's also got some elderflower liqueur and some lemon uh, and some club soda. To and give some it a little. Syrup, but. Give it a little. Sparkle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the kind of the main player there is that lavender, which, you know, if you grew at home, you could make this drink at home. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ex- no, I have uh, I have lavender in my rock gardens because it really does not like to be in, you know, happy conditions. It's like a dry, yeah. arid. Kind of likes to be neglected a little bit, as they yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Benign neglect. Yeah. It, that's that's what it calls love. It's just an introvert. You just need to leave lavender alone. Leave him alone. It's Let an him introvert. Sit in the corner. Yeah. Do you grow your own elderflower, or did you buy this elderflower? No, this is you know usually people get Saint Germain, oh. which is like the super spendy stuff. I don't have the money for that, so I buy the, <laughs> I buy the knockoff stuff that's like ten bucks. Pro tip: buy cheap Jimmy's elderflower liqueur. Yeah. You'll find it on the bottom shelf. He makes it in his basement. <laughs> I think I know that you can uh, you can grow elderberry mm-hmm. up here in zones three and four. I don't know what varieties. Maybe that's something we should look into. Yeah, flowers to stick in booze. Future note: pin I know it. elderflower. Elderflower has a delicious. Oh, sorry, just said pin it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna let you keep going. It's fine. Oh no, yeah, no, like that wasn't the sign to stop it. You like pin it, just like no, that's okay. that's fine. Yeah, keep going. Just don't stop yourself. Keep going. You had a point. Did you lose it? Uh, okay, yeah. So. So elderflowers are fantastic flavor flavorers, flavorers. Uh, they have this delicious, like herbally, flowery kind of kind of a taste that's not bitter, and it's like very pleasant. So. It's not like herbal essence shampoo. No, in and, your mouth, it's you, more like sticking actually, flowers in your mouth. Uh, people use it in wine too sometimes. Wine, wine, like mm. white wines that are like super floral. Sometimes I'll like put a little elderflower in there. And it makes it like really floral, like really pop. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Also, uh, if you're thinking of switching from Tide Pods to herbal essences, don't <laughs> stop both. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Tide Pods? I'm not even going to make jokes about this. So dumb. Yeah, That's dumb. Sorry. It. I just heard the herbal essences thing. I'm like, like herbal essences because people are tasting herbal essence a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's not your fault. I just wanted to pick on him about it. It's kind of funny. 
Okay, it's dumb. Okay, it's dumb. My jokes are dumb. You, you I get it. it, Randy. We all got I it. I get it, Randy. My yeah. self-esteem's already on the floor. Randy, thanks. Well, it's a good time because we've got a commercial break coming up. Beep, boop, beep. Bing, bong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're back. Hey, Dan, this is a really delicious drink. Oh, why? why thank you. And it's making me kind of... I feel relaxed. I feel loose. <laughs> it's that calming lavender. I'm telling you, it's not the alcohol. Maybe it's the alcohol. Maybe it's both. I don't know. I will take a lavender bath in this, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to smell real it's good. good stuff. You're going to smell really good. Okay. So, hey, it is currently February, right before Valentine's Day. That's true. Um, and now is a really good time if you are thinking about buying some seeds online or from catalogs or mm-hmm. even at your local stores. Now is a really good time because anything really unique is going to sell out fast. Yeah, it's going to get bought up. Yeah. And uh, this is a great way to support your local businesses this time of year and a great way to make sure that you get all of the correct varieties that you're interested in. In right now so I put in a couple of orders I get you know probably half a dozen seed catalogs and Jesse's like hey your Caroline porn's here today <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call his brewers catalog like when oh, another yeah. brewer catalog gets him like hey Jesse your beer porn's here because uh, we're dumb um, <laughs> so I have a bunch of Catalogs I ended up putting in an order to Territorial Seed Company this year and then Outside Pride. So two I wanted to make sure to order before they were sold out. Outside Pride had some uh Portulaca. Ooh. Um, they are they're more like purslane than they are like moss roses. So they don't have the needle shaped lancular leaves and they okay. and they're kind of like wider. Yeah, like, they're okay. like flatter and they look more succulenty. Okay. Um, but I got some different colors of that. I loved it last year and buying each plant is like five or six bucks. Uh, buying a whole pack of seeds is five bucks yep. because it's not a really common one that we have in the United States right now. You can get moss roses mm-hmm. really common everywhere. Yeah. But these purslane portulaca style moss roses are a little are a little more rare. Yeah, I've never um, heard of those. That's, that sounds pretty wicked. There you know, if you can start plants from seed, you're gonna save yourself a truckload Tons of money. Of money. So if you will, I have delusions of grandeur about what I want my yard to look like. And so the only way I'm even going to come halfway close is if I'm able to start seeds for myself. Yeah. (laughs) And right now all my seed starting stuff is frozen into the garage. There's like an inch of ice holding the garage door (laughs) shut and our deadbolt is broken. So I can't get in the side door. I'm like, what are we going to (laughs) do? Um, but then, yeah, yeah I got a bunch. Ridiculous. I got a bunch of um, veggies, like uh, lettucey style, greensy style stuff from Territorial Seed Company because I cashed out all my seeds last year. Mm. Seeds do not stay good forever. True. Seeds lose a little bit of viability. That means a few seeds die every year, um, and you you go down in your percent to to make a crop. Yeah. So get new seeds for this year for things you're really serious about. If you've got room to use up some old seeds, cool. Share with your neighbors because fresh seeds are the best seeds and you're not going to use 500 tomato plants anyway. You know, I I will jump in here. Last year I started, uh, I, I was super looking forward to growing some beets and I had a packet of old beets that were maybe two or three years old. 
and I planted them out only putting one seed where I wanted one beet. Mm-hmm. And I got maybe a third of the beets actually sprouted. Oh, no. So that was, that's like a little lesson. Like if you don't use fresh seeds, you got to put a few in there. And you'll yeah. get maybe one. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get all of them will come out, but that, that'll be the exception, you know. Also, a note on proper seed storage, uh, you want to keep them in a cool, dark, dry place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they will last longer for you. Because if you keep them somewhere where they're going to get baked, they're going to lose they're viability for you. Or if yep. they get moldy and wet, they're going to die. Yeah. Or if they get sunshine, sometimes that can mess up their their germination as well you want to keep them dark because some seeds germinate with light influences um anyways this year we were going to try something a little bit new we were going to give dan a whole segment all to himself oh wow oh wow uh (laughs) about time where dan what are we going to call your segment this is the tree of the day (laughs) the tree of the day dan take it away with the tree of the day well this week's uh, tree of the month is tree of almost the, tree of the day of the month. <laughs> tree of the month day of the month tree. <laughs> almost Americana. Okay. The majestic elm tree. Elms? What? This is my favorite. Well, this isn't my favorite favorite tree, but it's one of my favorite trees. Okay. Um, you know, and I actually heard once. Uh, about elm trees that they were bred by unicorns and fairies they were trying to keep their forest like looking the best you know like because you know people stress about keeping up with the joneses where are you going with this dan well let me let let me tell you (laughs) so like people will try to keep their yard looking better than their neighbor's yard um, like forest folk like fairies and unicorns and and gnomes and those kind of guys they do the same thing so like they want their bit of forest to look better than the neighboring forest so they're like you know what we need something that's just gonna blow people's socks off you see you see mr tumnus's yard that (laughs) he thinks he's better than us that is clopping around i'm gonna elm this out of this yard. I have a feeling gnomes would have like a tiny truck on four cinder blocks in front of their yard. <laughs> I just imagine that. Gnomes I, are like the trash <laughs> of the forest. Yeah, they're the they're the mechanics and they're kind of the grease grease dudes well, and grease always, monkeys. <laughs> they're always wearing those red stoner hats. I mean, yeah, what are those guys true. up to? And they're blowing glass all the time. Whatever, <laughs> David, you're not making bongs for the whole crew. <laughs> The unicorns and fairies just try not to make eye contact and drive past. And that fox friend of his just delivering stuff, just dropping off with a hoodie. You got to hang out for at least 15 minutes so no one suspects. Yeah. Well, well, at any rate, the majestic elm tree, I think, is something that we should all marvel at. It's a high canopy shade tree. Um, They grow to be 80 to 100 feet tall when they're mature, which if you don't. You know, have a good um, kind of like read on like how tall that would be. It's pretty freaking tall. Like a standard uh, boulevard tree that you might have in your yard is probably at the most like 30 feet. Okay. Something like that. Okay. So this is several times the size of that. 30, 30 or 40 feet would be a large tree. You look at it and say, that's a big tree. Elm tree is twice the size. Wow. Like it's huge. Huge. Flipping huge. <laughs> Anyway, so they're these big towering bastards that spread out kind of up at the top. They kind of look like a sort of like an umbrella. They make this big kind of canopy. 
um, and they have like the single straight trunk usually um, that sort of fans out at the top. Uh, they're super hardy. They can live several hundred years. Wow. Unless um, unless unless they get an illness or the, or a the disease. STD of the trees called S- Dutch Elm's disease. Dutch Elm. So that disease. Well, I'll, t- I'll talk about that in a second. When you call but, it Dutch Elm. Doesn't that sound like a rusty trombone or something? <laughs> like, yeah, it, it sounds sound? like it sounds like something that's not inappropriate. You know, another thing I've heard people think that the tree itself is called a Dutch elm. This is not correct. That it is, is the disease that is that is Dutch. Not Wait, why did the Dutch have sex with a tree? <laughs> That's what oh, I yeah. can't You're going to have to look that up on, <laughs> They're in all on kinds Urban of stuff. Dictionary yeah. Dutch Edition. Yeah. They're bicycles. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I was reading about... I was reading about uh, elm trees, and I found out that in New York City, Central Park, about half of the trees in the park are elms. They have 1,200 American elms. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They they say that the oldest of these elms were planted during the 1860s, which makes them among the oldest stanza of American elms in the world. Holy moly. And the trees are particularly noteworthy along the mall. Uh, where four lines of American elms dramatically stretch over the walkway, forming a cathedral-like covering. So that's kind of what you, that's kind of how you would recognize these trees. There's, if they're on either side of a road or either side of like a thing, they kind of make a little like a you know it, it's like you're inside. They okay. make this kind of kind of covering. They're super cool. Um, they're great trees to read under because they make a lot of shade, but they don't have low branches so you don't have a lot of bugs and birds that poop on your head or anything like that um, that is my number one concern when reading outside yeah. the leaves are like kind of fuzzy so that's one way to identify them they have serrated edges in the leaf margin mm-hmm. and usually they are asymmetrical near the leaf petiole at like the base of the leaf where it's got like a little stem one side will have like a butt hanging out <laughs> anyway okay. that's, that's one way to kind of id the tree uh, the disease. Look at that ass. You can tell it's an elm. That comes from Europe. Shake uh, it. <laughs> Watch yourself. Is is a sad one. And a lot of people think that like you can't grow elm trees anymore because of that disease. But that's not true. Uh, they have disease-resistant strains that, you can, that people grow very successfully. Um, so go out and buy some. Plant yourself some elm trees. You will not regret it. Uh, but make sure when you do prune the tree that you do it during the winter, during the late winter, um, so that there's not beetles around. So the, that disease is spread by elm bark beetles. It's actually a fungus, isn't it? The that- disease itself is a fungus, yeah. And the fungus is carried by the, like, the beetles will chew into a tree that has the disease, and they'll get those spores all over their back and their little dirty little bodies <laughs> and then they'll fly over to an uninfected tree and they'll chomp into the bark and spread the fungus into it they're just, the, the they're fungus just beetles it's not their fault itself. they don't shower yeah <laughs> well they should know better they should know better. They, they don't even have brains and you know something else i found out oh i will Maybe say this do. i'm not an entomologist if, <laughs> they, i don't think they have brains i think they have like clust like neuron clusters or they're something, they're they? running on spinal cord friends yeah, they're 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 weird. They just got bastards. a couple of dendrites, and that's about it. I don't know. Well, I would say if if you if you listeners out there are in Minneapolis, go over to the Kenwood neighborhood, and 
walk around like the west side of Lake of the Isles. Do some rubbernecking. Yeah, and you will see some wicked cool elm trees in that neighborhood because those people got money and they can... <laughs> Keep those trees alive with the fungicide those, treatments. Those and all trees that are vaccinated. Yeah. Those trees are manicured. <laughs> yeah, those they look trees. Good. They look hot. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> the other thing I found out about elm is that it's not a good wood for like making projects or uh, building with because it warps and, oh. and like contorts and stuff after you saw it. Oh. But beca- because it has like these weird like fibers or something, it's like strangely f- it has these strange fibers. But anyway, apparently because of that, it holds screws particularly well. <laughs> it holds screws so in your in twisted you projects. To, uh, yeah, in case you need to uh, get a piece of wood that holds a screw. Really well. Like use extra some elm. well. Use some elm. First grow some elm and then use it. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, that's all for this month's tree of the day. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I'll find you some catchy music to play there as a bumper. <laughs> okay, maybe some background music would be good for that too, if you think so. But all right. I don't know. I don't know about the whole segment, but yeah, something that softly moves out and moves in, so you recognize that. Yeah. All right. On to our next segment. Awesome tree of the day, month, week, whatever you want to call this podcast. Usually not daily. <laughs> tree of the uh, tree. Tree of the tree. Uh, we have a question from Sana. Uh, just to ask here, it's a two-parter, so be prepared. Okay, let's start with just part one and we'll answer. All right. Hi, I'm a fan of the podcast. Don't know why. And I have some gardening questions. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, bringing it hot. Uh, I want to start some herbs for my patio. What are some herbs that are good indoor plants and what would i need on a budget to get started Mm. well that's a great question that is a great question sana so you know there's a lot of herbs that grow really well from seed but there's also few herbs that like to grow inside your house so if you want to grow herbs inside your house, I suggest growing things like cilantro and basil in the way that you would grow microgreens inside hmm. uh, because you just need to get the plant started and growing through that first set of real leaves. So the mm-hmm. first set of leaves is going to be the cotyledons, the little roundy cute ones. And then after that are going to are going to be some mature leaves that look good and look tasty and look recognizable. Mm-hmm. I would just grow a bunch of those and clear cut that little basil forest that you did and use that to cook with in the winter. Because in Minnesota in the winter, unless you have some lamps and that kind of stuff, you know, it's a little tricky to find an environment indoors where those plants are going to thrive. Yeah. Also, plants like basil and cilantro are the kinds you need to grow outside in huge quantities so you can harvest as much as you want. This isn't the kind of plant where you pick three leaves and that's enough to satiate you. No, you're hungry. You need to make some damn pesto. So you need (laughs) to get cups worth of this stuff. So plant tons and tons of basil and cilantro. Those are kind of the more tender, juicy herbs. Um, As far as thyme, oregano, rosemary lemon thyme other kinds of thyme (laughs) (laughs) i'm a big fan of mint too mint as well i've got a a mint growing indoors right now because i've got one spot that just gets full sun okay all all through the winter if it didn't have that 
I don't know that I would have stay you, alive. Have but. you ever grown mint from seed? No. See, it's a pain a little bit, I have found. So <laughs> um, I was getting at the, the rosemary, the thyme, the lemon thyme, the English thyme, mm-hmm. even mint. I've tried growing a lot of that stuff from seed and I get a little bit of success, but I will have some small, like one inch plants when I can go to the garden center and get a big ass plant for like $3. So when it comes to mints and all of those other varieties, um, I'm going to just buy them from the garden center and stick them outside because, uh, Aside from the mint, the rest of those are all kind of drought tolerant and heat tolerant and sun tolerant, and they're really easy to grow outside, and they're going to grow way bigger outside than they will inside. Yep, yep, that's for sure. Inside, we deal with temperature problems, humidity problems, sunlight problems. Like, the plants get stressed, and then when a plant is stressed, it's susceptible to diseases. Yep. So, I haven't had a lot of luck growing herbs indoors in Minnesota. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty tricky. I'm uh, I'm really great at growing them all summer long, and I only use a fraction of what I grow. And then in the winter time, nada. <laughs> but I gotta say, I'm trying this whole thirty thing, and they want you to use fresh herbs for every damn meal, and that is so expensive in the winter time because you don't have just a free source right there to grab like five sprigs of thyme for your whatever chicken masala curry with sweet potatoes or whatever i don't know um so in the summertime i am excited about um being able to cook with my herbs more now that i'm getting some practice cooking with herbs but i've just been using dried stuff and i'm going to try and dry some more to keep going but as soon as i figure out a really cost effective way to grow herbs indoors year round and have them be quality and healthy I will let you know. If you work for Arrow Garden and you would like to send me a free machine to try your product out, you can email us at vernantnorthteam at gmail.com and I'll let you know what I think about your product. Um, but yeah, I don't know of a cheap way to have no. really good herbs inside. It's just too hard to get all of the right conditions. Yeah. So that's why I'm really excited about summertime. What's the the second question, Randy? All right. Second question is, what are some of your favorite flowers to grow in the summer? I like to have fresh cut flowers in abundance all over the house and had no success last year with globe amaranths. Any favorites? Mm. Mm. What a great question. <laughs> Sounds like someone's disappointing last summer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I for fresh cut flowers for me for giving to friends on their birthdays for giving to friends for special occasions. You know, a housewarming gift or hey, someone's having a party party and you'd cut a beautiful partner a partier. I heard Padre, and I imagine a father just uh, an American father running around. <laughs> a Padre, collar on. Someone's having a Padre. <sighs> I gotta slow, slow my slow my mouth down. Okay, if if anyone is having a party or a birthday or whatever, bringing them a bouquet of dahlias is always very impressive. Uh, and dahlias are pretty much the easiest thing to grow. You buy a little tuber, so it's kind of like a little messed up potato with a neck. <laughs> you stick it in the ground and you hose it off a couple times a week. It's it's 
easier to grow than tomatoes and and it blooms continuously which means you can cut as many flowers off as you want it will continue to bloom all the way until everything freezes in october or november that's brilliant it's not going to start blooming until later in the summer though is the catch i also think it's great to have stuff like bachelor's buttons Mm -hmm. uh those are a really good kind of they're not necessarily prairie flowers they're in a bunch of prairie flower mixes though Uh, but those are the best way to get awesome blues and purples and some pinks in there Um, for early season cut stuff peonies are so good and they do so well up here in minnesota so those are three things i like to have for bouquets around uh, do you have any favorite bouquet style? I've got a couple favorites. Yeah, what do you uh, got? I think there's this, you know, there's like the standard Shasta Daisy. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, if you just want some something to be in a vase, in a vase, <laughs> on your uh, on your kitchen table, and it doesn't have to be like super cool, mm-hmm. just grow some of that. It's like super. Um, that's super, one of our natives too. Is it? Isn't it? I, I don't know. It might not be. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't, I'll I don't check know on is. that. But it's super good uh, cut flower. Um, the other thing that I like to do is I like to have um, like texture and all that kind of stuff. Okay. In like in arrangements. So things like baby's breath or like some ferns or like dusty miller. Um, stuff that isn't necessarily a flower, but that okay. you can put in with your flowers to make it like looks super cool you know i like to do that too with different kinds of coleus like different kinds of Mm, pink and reds and purple leaves and then the coleus usually root and then they can you know just kind of hang out they can plant that or leave it in water so in master gardeners i learned that uh roots that grow in water when we do all this water rooting stuff like i talked about all the time last year yeah (laughs) those roots are not functional in soil so you can plant those in soil and half of them are going to die because they just can't make that transition so well. Oh, so that's good to know. But anything that roots easily in water roots easily in soggy soil. Okay. So I'm trying to, I'm keeping my coleus going all winter and then I'm going to take new cuttings from my coleus and stick them in soggy soil and make new plants. But having pink foliage, green foliage, you know, purple foliage, all that kind of stuff is really, I think kind of cool. And then half of your arrangement survives. That's pretty rad. Right. You can go take your, take your flowers off the table, put them back in the, in the soil. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, get more plants out of, out of it. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great idea is to try and maximize your plants. Um, but if you or any of your friends, listeners, I'm talking to you, if you or any of your friends have questions about garden related topics and you would like to hear Dan and I answer them, then email us at verdant North team at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter. I look at that stuff every day. So, if I can give a great answer right away, I will, because we don't uh, record more than like maybe two or three times a month. Um, but then we'll try to address it at the next time that we record. So that's my that's my working strategy right now. So thank you for those questions, by the way. Thanks for listening to Verdant North. Find our blog post online at, at verdantnorth.net. You can find us on Twitter at Verdant North, and you can find us on Facebook by searching Verdant North. 
if you want to contact us, but hate social media, as always, like uh, like Caroline said, why I forgot her name, uh, it's verdantnorthteam at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hear this podcast through SoundCloud, our host, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Please don't forget to like, rate, and comment and share the podcast, especially on iTunes and Stitcher. Those are our most the most visible places that we're listened to uh, and the places that allow reviews. So uh, if you can take a second on your day, it helps us out. So please, if you can, stop by. Say you like us if you do. And if you don't like us, please don't make something up. Say so, say we're nice. Still. Say something nice, please. Yeah, say something nice. <laughs> and we'll part ways. Yeah, we'll just leave, we'll leave it there. Uh, you can find Caroline Hallstrom on Twitter at Miss Zero Line. That's M I S S Zero L I N E. Miss Line. Uh, you can find Dan Hudson uh, partying with them gnomes, <laughs> getting some gnome moonshine. Uh, I know he's kind of into that. Moonshine. <laughs> moonshine. <laughs> uh, you can also find Nikki Lyons on Instagram at November Blue B L U 83. That's a music joke if you get it. Yeah, I. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, you can also <laughs> find me on Twitter at, at Marlon Rando. You can also hear me occasionally on the Scattered Podcast, which is a show that's kind of on hiatus and kind of not. We're all in different places in the world, and it's kind of fun. But really, who needs more podcasts with guys talking on it? I know I don't. Uh, <laughs> as always, a special thanks to Brie Edestead and Dewey Vu for graphics and artwork. Uh, also, Thanks, uh, extra big thanks to Webmaster Corey for making sure we're online. Thank you, Corey. And as always, a thanks to Minneapolis band Volcanus for allowing us to use their tunes. Follow their hilarious video blog project on YouTube and listen to them and arch rival band Prozac Rat on Bandcamp YouTube and find them on Facebook. Thanks for listening and always remember. Hey, it's okay to it's kill okay. plants. Kill them. It happens. Uh, That's it, part of the learning process. It's the start of the year. Might as well kill a bunch. <laughs> Bye. Throw them in the trash. <laughs> Bye.